Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. Now, the best books are made up of stories. And let's face it, the best stories are about bouncing back from failure. I'm Anna David, obsessed with books, a New York Times bestselling author and the CEO of Legacy Launchpad Publishing. And I only achieved those things because I picked myself up again after failing and found my way to success. And that makes me uniquely qualified to get the best stories about failure and success out of other people. Failure is always a learning experience. So after six months, I told him that I Googled sociopath and he had all of the symptoms and I found myself out of job. At that time, it was supposed to be a side hustle. Well, the side hustle started to make far more money than the real hustle. So I, after six months, I, I quit my job. Welcome to Fail Your Way to Success. Welcome to Fail Your Way to Success, the podcast that is obsessed with having you fail so that you can then succeed, so that you can then share your story with other people. Because failure to success stories make the best books. And that's what I'm obsessed with. So today's guest is also obsessed with both books and failure. He is a legend. His name is Michael E. Gerber. You have probably heard of slash read slash built your business around the e-myth. He is the author of the e-myth, which has sold millions of copies, and he's the author of dozens of other books. He's in his 80s. He um, has had multiple businesses, but most importantly, he uh, is an expert on why entrepreneurs fail and how to come back to success. So in this episode, we talk about that, but we also talk about his own personal failures um, because just like the rest of us, he's Adam. So remember, if you found success after your own failure and you want to write a book about it, that's what I do. My company, Legacy Launchpad, is here to help. You can find out more by going to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com or find out more about this podcast by going to FailYourWay.com. And now I give you Michael E. Gerber. Well, Michael Gerber, what a pleasure. What an honor. Um, We have not spoken in, I think, about six months. And when I asked you what you were up to, uh, you wrote me about your 30 new books. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, um, just about. There are more than that, but um, I thought I didn't want to blow your mind, so I thought I'd just share that many with you. So I've been re- relatively busy um, in my um, 87th birthday. You blew my mind from your first email to me. I'm You're still blowing my mind that, you know, I call you a friend. I don't know if you call me a friend, but I call you a friend. Yeah. Um, You've been so generous with me. So so I want to talk about these books, but I want to talk about failure, our own failures and the failures that entrepreneurs suffer from. Talk to me about your greatest failure and how you overcame it. My greatest failure is not paying attention to my greatest success. So my greatest failure has been not paying attention to my greatest success which led me to being fired from my own e-myth company 
by my ex-wife, God bless her, uh, who owns 51% of my e-myth company to my 49% of my e-myth company and turned around and fired me from it. Um, and um, I never even imagined that could ever happen. Um, but it did. And so I've been in the past 14 years starting a new company, uh, not to sell stuff, but to design, build, and launch stuff. You might say to reinvent the e-myth. And that's what I've been doing all this time up until now my 87th birthday is to work on my company. And not in it. <laughs> not, not in it, uh, creating um, all this new stuff. So let's let's dive into that. So you were not married at the time of your f firing. She was already your ex-wife at that point. Can oh yeah, we, do yeah. you mind diving into my ex -wife Okay, and I got remarried. Yes, my fourth wife, <laughs> uh, and Luz Delia Gerber, and she and I um, set about creating. Newco, the new company, uh, Michael E. Gerber Companies, um, with the intention of transforming the state of small business worldwide. I love it. So what uh, what compelled you to give uh, this, this big error of giving your ex-wife 51%? How did that come about? Um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, and it's... Um, too long a story to tell here, but essentially, um, we, um, were getting divorced and, um, I owned, um, Emeth and she asked me to give her 50% of Emeth, um, because going out now on her own. Um, she wanted to be able to demonstrate um, that she was capable of doing what she had been doing as the manager of Emith um, as an entrepreneur. And I said, yes. And um, that occurred. So I gave her 50% um, of my stock. Issued sent my stock to her, um, thinking that what she was asking for was reasonable, and um, so we just did it. Um, what I didn't realize is that um, it was the least reasonable thing in the world for me to do. But being stupid and old yeah. and. <laughs> And naive in my um, latter years, I just assumed that it was naturally the best thing I could possibly do. And indeed, it was the worst thing I could possibly do. Because the next step that happened is um, we hired somebody to become the COO of that company. Um, he wanted to be, however, the CEO of that company. And his logic was impeccable. So we made him the CEO of Emeth. 
replacing me as the CEO of EMIS. And I became the chairman of the board of EMIS. And um, eventually, he convinced my ex-wife um, that he needed to have some equity in EMIS. So we gave him a share of EMIS. Oh, there we go. And therein resided the brilliant um, occupation that my ex-wife engaged in, which was to win him over to her side. Ergo, they now own control of the company. So how do you, well, much like Steve Jobs was fired from Apple yeah. famously yeah. Um, and came back stronger than ever, how do you deal with a failure like that? You just do. Um, you have to understand that um, what, now understand it was a lot, hell of a lot older than Steve Jobs. Um, this happened in my, my certainly latter years. Um, but, well, I think you're going to live forever, so I disagree. Yeah, but, but go on. But you understand um, your, your dream, your vision, your purpose, and your mission, um, which was um, the book that I wrote about um, the the logic I wrote about in Awakening the Entrepreneur Within, which I wrote and published following my divorce. Um, that, uh, that was another book I didn't even talk about in what I sent you. Uh, but Awakening the Entrepreneur Within uh, talked about the four personality traits of a living entrepreneur the dreamer, the thinker, the storyteller, and the leader. That led to what I call the Eightfold Path. And the Eightfold Path resided in the work that I then began to do following my departure from E-Myth. Um, the dream, the vision, the purpose, the mission, the job, the practice, the business, the enterprise. So the creativity never stops. Right. Um, it never stops. The, the passion that resides within one's imagination. But one needs to look at the process through which entrepreneurs design, build, launch, and grow a truly magical company. I wasn't interested in immersing myself in marketing that. I was only interested in creating that. Mm. The thought being that once I create that, someone else with the energy of a younger soul uh, would then see the logic of that and market that. Because the end game of all this was to design, build, launch, and grow my new company that would be acquired by an entrepreneur who can see the brilliance of it. Mm -hmm. There's a whole subset within the new company, Michael Herbert Companies, um, that became my argument for awakening the new entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. How to do that, the process for doing that, 
And I worked on a whole subset of content for doing that, which is what Michael E. Gerber Companies possesses. One of those um, arenas um, were and are the vertical market books. Uh So I published my very first vertical market book with a co-author. And my co-authors of my vertical market books are individuals who had read the E-Myth Revisited, applied the E-Myth Revisited to their practice to design, build, launch, and grow a successful E-Myth brand practice and came to me to co-author the book for that practice Mm -hmm. to reach out to small business owners within that vertical market to grow that practice into a successful business and to grow that business into a successful enterprise. That's one key component of Michael E. Gerber Companies. And there have been over 30 of those vertical. I'm sorry? Correct. There have been over 30 of them in vertical markets, there correct? Are two of them. 22. There are a total of um, four books that I've written. And if somebody listening has applied the e myth to their company, is that something they, you, they could reach out to you and say, hey, I'd love to co author the e myth for publishing yeah, or yeah, whatever it may be? They could. They could. And they would invest in that. And of course. So co-author, those 22 co-authors have invested um, from $100,000 to $150,000 to acquire the right to become yep. a co-author for that vertical market. And so let's talk. I am so sorry this dumb thing keeps popping up. Um, thank you for your patience. There's nothing, there's nothing dumb that pops up in your brilliant mind, Anna. <sighs> God bless you. That's going to be the takeaway from that's my favorite line. <laughs> um, so so in reading about your history, you in 1985, I guess it was your brother in law that came to you and said, hey, uh, you know, my friend is having trouble turning his leads into clients. Can you help? Is that is that accurate? Is that how it happened? Absolutely. How it happened. My brother in law, Ace Remus, that's his name. Um, he's still my brother-in-law. Uh, my Great name. Sister, Martian um, is his wife. And Ace came to me. He had an advertising agency in Silicon Valley. And he came to me and he said, Michael, um, one of my clients is having a terribly difficult time converting the leads that our advertising creates for him into sales. Would you visit with him and share with him what you know? And I said, Ace, I don't know anything about business. I'm not interested in business. He said, Michael, you know more than you think you do. Just come with me. Let's visit Bob and see what happens. So I said, okay. And that's what we did. Um, Ace brought me to Bob. And Bob um, said, hi, Michael. And Ace said, this is Michael Gerber. And he's going to teach you what he knows about converting leads into sales. And I'm going to take off for an hour. You guys get to know each other. And I'll be back and pick Michael up. So Bob asks me, what do you know about my business, Michael? And I said, absolutely nothing, Bob. Well, what do you know about my product, Michael? Less than that, Bob. Well, how can you help me, Michael? I haven't a clue, Bob. But Ace thinks I can. We've got an hour to kill. Let's do it. 
So I started asking Bob a lot of questions. My assumption being that Bob started a business, so he must know something about business. What I realized as I'm asking Bob questions is he didn't know anything about business. And it astonished me. So I realized as well that Bobbin didn't know how to sell anything. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a selling system. Well, I learned about a selling system way back then selling encyclopedias. Hear me. If there's ever been a selling system ever created, it was to sell encyclopedias. And I learned how to learn how to memorize that system for selling encyclopedias. So I knew in my heart and mind and soul that he needed to have a selling system to sell his product. Bob asked me, well, can you create that? And I said, sure, Bob. Ace comes back and picks me up. And he said, what happened? I said, Ace, he just retained me as his sales consultant. He said, well, how could you possibly do that? You don't know anything about business. I said, Ace, that's what I told you. <laughs> but I suddenly discovered I did, and he didn't. And that wow. was my first business client. And that's where the E-Myth was born. So when you wrote the E-Myth, did you have any sense of what sort of a sensation it would be? No. Absolutely none. Uh, I stopped. I I started doing this you know, consulting, if you will, through Ace's ad agency. Um, and then I worked with another of his clients, and another of his clients, and another of his clients. And um, Ace began to get very, very resistant to what I was doing. So I decided to leave Ace and start my own company. So Ace brings in somebody to replace me, doing what I was doing, and that was Tom. Tom Travisano. So Tom's watching what I'm doing, and he said, where are you going, Michael? I said, I'm going to start my company. He said, well, I'm going to go with you. So Tom started the company with me called the Michael Thomas Corporation. Mm -hmm. And it was the very first business development firm of its kind, the very first small business coaching company of its kind. So we went to work on the Michael Thomas Corporation. Um, we had a dream, a vision, a purpose, and a mission. My dream at the Michael Thomas Corporation was literally to transform the state of small business worldwide. My vision at the Michael Thomas Corporation was to invent McDonald's of small business development services. My purpose at the Michael Thomas Corporation was to teach small business owners how to do what I just described to you. And my mission at the Michael Thomas Corporation was to invent the business development system that would enable me to realize my dream, my vision, and my purpose, my mission. I saw that an entrepreneur is four different people. A dreamer, a thinker, a storyteller, and a leader. The dreamer has a dream, the thinker has a vision, the storyteller has a purpose, and the leader has a mission. And that was the beginning of the whole thing. So how long, this was in the 80s or the late 70s? When was this? That was the 80s. And um, and then how many years of doing that before you could write the e-myth? Um, about 10 years. So... 
a question because I stumbled. Oh, there's that dumb noise that you don't think is dumb. Thank you. Stumbled across a a story from CNN about struggles in that business. This was from 1985. So after this glorious beginning, when did the struggle start? Well, we started the very first time we started in 1977. So understand we started the process in 1977. Uh, We wrote the book and published the book in 1985. 77 to 85, the book was written and published. The next book was called The PowerPoint. The next book was called The E-Myth Revisited. The next book was called The E-Myth Manager. The next book was called E-Myth Mastery. The next book was called The E-Myth Enterprise. The next book, you understand, the whole process was an evolution of an enterprise. Mm-hmm. So when did you realize that the e-myth was a sensation? How does one, having never written a book that's a sensation, I have no idea what this is like. What Does somebody call you and say, this is a sensation? Does your publisher go, I can't, there's truckloads being sold, we don't know what to do. How do you find out? Well, we found out because people started buying the book like crazy. And um, it was astonishing to me. Um, it was astonishing to me. It was so astonishing to me that we changed the name of the company from the Michael Thomas Corporation to the e-myth um, Academy, mm-hmm. the Emeth Academy, to Gerber Business Development Corporation, from Gerber Business Development Corporation to Emeth Worldwide, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was astonishing to me, astonishing to me because I'd never created a business really, um, <laughs> and it was the first engagement we really had in creating our own business. So we were learning how to do what we were learning how to do to teach other people how to do it while we were doing it. And we made a million mistakes. And those million mistakes almost were catastrophic. But we saw our way through. We saw our way through. We saw our way through. And that's what small business owners do. We see our way through. The only problem is with most small business owners, they didn't create a company to grow. Yeah. Created a company to get rid of the boss. Yeah. So they got rid of the boss and now they're working for a lunatic. Oh, I know. I know. So what would you say most entrepreneurs struggle with? Well, understand you have to think about entrepreneurs because most small business owners aren't entrepreneurs. Mm. That's the key to our whole e-myth lexicon. Most small business owners are technicians suffering from an entrepreneurial seizure. And by an entrepreneurial seizure, I mean going in out on their own. So they get rid of the boss and go out on their own, start their own, in quotes, business. But it's not really a business job. Um, The greatest single mistake that every single one of them make is just that. It's not a business, it's a job. And it's a job in which they're the boss. And they're not focused on growing. They're focused on creating income. So it's all about personal income. It's all about a personal aim, not an independently um, not an independently um, quoted or or developed um, company, um, yeah. a very personal one. Yeah, so it's more like 
try to keep the lights on rather than trying to build, uh, you know, a farm. Not a no. When I had a dream, they don't have a dream. And yeah. if they have a yeah. dream, it's making enough money to get by. Yeah. And then, um, you know what I'm talking about, of course. I do. It's making me feel good because I do think a lot about growth. Um, I do work for an absolute lunatic. Craziest, craziest boss I've ever had. And I've had all the crazy ones. But 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 when when what are your tips for uh, entrepreneurs or small business owners when they suffer from failure? What have you learned in all your years? Like, what is the best way to bounce back? Um, the only way to bounce back is what I call the eightfold path. The only way to bounce back is to start anew. It's not about old co. It's not about the company you've got. It's about the company you're about to create. And that's what I call new co. Mm. Understand it's a two co strategy. Old co, new co. Old co is a waste of time. Don't try to fix it. New co is the only way this can be transformed. So when we set out to create the result we were determined to create in the Michael Thomas Corporation, we set out to create NUCO. NUCO being a dream, a vision, a purpose, a mission, a job, a practice, a business, an enterprise. It's a process that starts out with a dream. And so I would say to you, Anna, I would say to him, her, anyone, what's your dream? And if it's a personal dream, it's off track. If mm. impersonal dream, it's on track. So effectively, it's not about you, it's about them. It's never about you, it's about them. It's never about you wanting, it's about them wishing for. And so you begin to work on that. What is my dream? What is my dream? The dream is the great result you intend to produce. So give me an example of a, a my dream versus their dream. Well, my dream versus their dream. Uh, the dream at the Michael Thomas Corporation. The dream at Emith. The dream at my company today is identically the same. To transform the state of small business worldwide. So if I were to look at your company... It would be to transform the state of authors worldwide. Mm -hmm. Transform the state of publishers worldwide. To transform, mm -hmm. you follow me? Yeah, to yeah. Transform the state of them worldwide, not me worldwide. So now I'm focused it. on them, not on me. And I'm focused on them because they have a significant problem and that significant problem is they don't have a dream mm. the second significant problem is they don't have a vision so my dream was to transform the state of small business worldwide my vision was to invent the mcdonald's of small business development services that's how i'm going to realize my dream mm. so what is the mcdonald's of small business development services it's visual, it's emotional, it's functional, and it's financial. 
It's visual. McDonald's is visual. See it. See the golden arches. It's emotional. You can feel it. When you walk into McDonald's, you can feel it. It's functional. It operates in a distinctly unique way, a highly differentiated way from everybody else in that industry. 40,000 plus stores. Are you kidding me? And it's financial. And it's financial is the last component of those four, not mm. the first. Because a lot of people, a lot of small business owners will say like, I have a revenue goal or I have a client number of client goals. And that is the wrong way. That's old code. That's, that's old code. That's old so, code. And that's bullshit. That's old code. And every time they go out, they find a coach to teach them how to get more clients, to teach them how to get more clients, to teach them how to get more. That's always what they go out to get. Getting more clients is not the first thing you need to do. Creating a differentiatedly unique company is what you need to do. But you can't do that without a dream. Steve Jobs said it. It's passion. It's your passion. It's your passion that enables you to thrive without that passion for what you're there to do. And you're not there to create a passionate income. You're there to create a passionate outcome. Oh, so good. Do you need to have failed to change your point of view from old co to new co? No, but you probably will have. Right, because we only change when we're desperate. Well, you, right? you, you understand that um, 80% of all small companies fail in their first five years. 80% of publishers fail. A guy goes into the publishing business, stupid, 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 stupid. The last thing in the world they should do is, in quotes, go into the publishing business. They have no idea what the publishing business really is all about. None. Zero. Zilch. So effectively, they've got to start with a dream. Mm -hmm. Dream is the great result they intend to produce. So if you're, for example, to consult with individuals in the consulting industry and in, in the publishing industry the first thing you would ask him is what's your dream what's the great yeah. result you intend to produce and they say well i want to publish great books why do you want to publish great books well because i love to publish great books yeah but who cares why do you love to create great books and you look at the stupid look in their face and you'll see failure pending mm. because they don't know why. They're just compelled to. There is no great result. But imagine if there were. The next thing you'd ask them is, so what's your vision? Well, what do you mean by my vision? What's the, what does that great result look like? And you see what I'm saying? 
This yeah. process yeah. of this. And the process yeah. of all this is brilliant because it works. So you don't go to step two before you got step one. You don't go to step three until you got step two. You don't get to step four until you got step three, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's building the infrastructure that's absolutely critical for every great growing company. Well, I love it. I, this it, We are at the half hour mark. You have shared brilliant things, which does not surprise me. Um, yeah. Do, do you have, as we wrap up, do you have final, any final words, uh, advice for bouncing back from failure uh, to and talk about how people can find you, all of those things? Yes. Well, you bounce back by uh, from failure uh, because you're so zealously passionate about what you do and you realize you don't know how to do it. And so you find the best way to do it. And the best way to do it is the eightfold path. I swear by the eightfold path because it lives and, and, and thrives in everything we have done. Uh, the chiropractor, the accountant, uh, and on and on and on and on. When you think about those, uh, those extraordinary vertical market books, every single one of those individuals was failing in business when they found me. Every single one of them was failing in business when they found my book, The E-Myth Revisited. They read my book, The E-Myth Revisited, and began to apply my book, The E-Myth Revisited. And then they came to me and said, I want to be the co-author of the book for our vertical market. Prove it to me. Prove it to me. Prove it to me, I would say to them. And they proved to me that they had applied The E-Myth Revisited successfully. And in the application of the E-Myth Revisited successfully, they then had earned the right to become that co-author. Well, if people want to find out more about you or reach you, where should they go? Michael at MichaelEGerber.com. Michael at MichaelEGerber.com. It's so simple. That's his real email address, y'all. That's that's a legend giving you his email yeah, that's address. All, that's yeah. all they do. They come to Michael at MichaelEGerber.com. Um, my wife, Luz Delia Gerber, will respond to their um, contact. And then if there's something worth talking about, uh, I'll speak to them. And if there's not... That, hmm. Does that mean I've been emailing with your wife when I thought I was emailing with you? I'm sorry? Does that mean I've been emailing with your wife when I thought I was emailing with you? I don't think so. Really? Yes, really. <laughs> as, um, that's probably the reason you don't get through. You got to understand, Anna, uh, as I say, I just had my 87th birthday. Um, and um, in my 87th year, uh, working on the content for everything we do here is my total focus yes uh, and when somebody reaches out to me uh, they're going to reach luz delia who's the ceo and president of michael e gerber companies before they ever reach me mm. we aren't growing a company here we're growing the content here and so we have a rich body of content unlike anything anybody has ever seen on this planet and when someone reaches out to me and they demonstrate a truly intelligent interest in that, 
then those values will turn them over to me. But until they do that, she won't. Got it. Well, Michael, thank you so much for t speaking to me. And listeners, thank you so much for listening. My delight. Now, Anna, um, I asked you this once before, but I wrote the forward. Yes, I haven't stopped this. You wrote the forward to my book and did, I didn't even send you a copy, did I? No, but I want to ask you this. How is that book doing? Well, it's doing well. It's certainly no e-myth. Uh, but but, but I'm promoting it. Listeners, if you haven't bought it yet, please go get it. It's on Good Authority. It's got an introduction, a forward by Michael Yerber. Okay, I'm going to stop recording and you and I can keep talking. But y'all, see you next week. Thanks for listening to Fail Your Way to Success. Now, if there's anything I love more than a failure to success story, it's a review. So I hope you'll think about leaving one. For more information about the show, go to failyourway.com. And for more information about publishing a book about how you failed your way to success, or just to find out more about what I do, go to legacylaunchpadpub.com.